0: welcome once again to another all the WrestleManias I'm your co-host Tim Hackman
1: and I'm your co-host Rich Sigwald
0: we're thrilled to be back in the studio with you again today we've got some exciting wrestling to talk about from 1991 we hope you enjoyed our recent shows on WrestleWar 89 from Music City and also our Super Brawl 3 from 1993 both of those were pretty awesome shows uh, so thanks again for listening to those. As always, you can find us on the interwebs at all the WrestleManias.com. You can send us your thoughts and your questions at alltherrestlemanias at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at at WrestleMania Pod, and we've got some very active uh, social media accounts on Facebook and Instagram as well, so check us out. Find us wherever you'd like to interact with your favorite podcasts, and uh, we're always happy to hear from you. So the show today uh, is about the Battle Royal at Royal Albert Hall from October 3rd, 1991, filmed uh, at the Royal Albert Hall, sort of a historic venue, Rich has a little bit of research and details about that particular place in London, England. Attendance right around 5,000. And commentary, we've had uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon, maybe one of the all-time great uh, commentator pairings from this era, or any era for that matter.
1: They're wonderful. It's so nice to hear them.
0: I yeah I love them. Um, I, there's a there's a moment in the very first match where uh, Bobby Heenan actually agrees with Gorilla Monsoon, and I almost fell out of my chair. Uh, it was it was pretty good. So um, so this is the main event here is a is a 20 man battle royal. Of course, the WWF has started the Royal Rumble as one of its big four pay per views in 1988. Uh, that always happens in January. So by the time we get to this particular show, we've had. Four Royal Rumbles, if my math is um, not too far off, Uh, which, you know, obviously the Royal Rumble format is a little bit different from the Battle Row, but the idea is the same. So it was a kind of tried-and-true formula for uh, selling some tickets. This was shot for a channel called Sky Movies, which is a British uh, TV channel owned by Rupert Murdoch. Is that right?
1: Yeah, so it's one of the Sky Network things. There's, like, the Sky News and Sky Sports and Sky Movies, which was basically, like hbo but british
0: <laughs> hbo but british i think that's what it said on their um on their business cards um and uh it, well wikipedia notes that in the early 90s they carried some big time uh premium content you know special events including some wwf stuff they had some music concerts and they had live boxing um one of the big ones that they had was the first um Or, well, not the first, but the Mike Tyson versus Buster Douglas fight from 1990. that was sort of a big deal. Um, So anyway, like I said, Rich uh, has a little bit of history of the Royal Albert Hall. It's a very cool and old-fashioned venue. There's like these boxes with red curtains on multiple levels that kind of remind me of the Muppets. Uh, Maybe the Muppets were based on Royal Albert Hall. I don't know. Um, What did you find out?
1: Well, so Royal Albert Hall is from the Victorian era, as in it is built in 1871. And uh, was commissioned by Queen Victoria herself, the last of the Hanover House. Uh, It's named for her husband, who she loved very heavily, uh, with how many children they ended up having.
0: (laughs) Heavily, Uh, huh?
1: (laughs) Heavily loved husband who died young, uh, Prince Albert of saxe coburg All their children, Edward VII, who followed after Queen Victoria, her son would have been Edward of the House saxe Coburg. Uh, That's not a British name that you hear much anymore because it's well, it's not British. But uh, in world during World Wars, uh, George V changed it to Windsor. So their direct Queen Elizabeth II right now is a direct descendant of Queen Victoria and Albert. So that they are the current. Uh, establishment of the uh, british royals hmm
0: interesting so the Royal Albert Hall, the the reason that I know it, of course, is from the famous Bob Dylan concert the year that he went electric in his European tour. Um, but it turns out that he was actually not at Royal Albert Hall at that at that show where it was famously recorded and bootlegged for years and years, where the uh, spectator yells out "Judas" and he says, "I don't believe you, you're a liar," <laughs> and he goes, "Play fucking loud." And, so anyway, it's a really uh, famous concert that was actually. Nice. That was actually uh, Manchester Free Trade Hall, I believe, which is not terribly far away from uh, Royal Albert Hall, Uh, hence the confusion for years and years. That's my aside. Sorry.
1: No, it's fine. Uh, So uh, Albert Hall was opened in 1871, and ironically, it had an absolutely ghastly, horrible echo when it opened. And engineers tried to fix it with a giant canvas and they spent years apparently trying to actually find like a real solution to the problem. Uh, It was joked that it was the only hall to where a British composer could make sure they heard their work twice. Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah. Uh, So Camille Saison, who's a famous French impressionist composer was one of the first performers on the giant pipe organ that is built into the hall, which we end up seeing being used in this show even. Um, uh, So Camille Sessant is uh, famous for his organ symphony or symphony number three, nicknamed the organ symphony, which is the basis of the theme music to the movie, babe, uh, the about (laughs) the pig. Okay. uh, um, Also like the carnival, the animals, the swan is a very famous piece by him. Uh, it has hosted concerts of every kind of genre you can imagine, from hip-hop to rock uh, to classical, uh, sporting events, art and science exhibitions. It is the home of the BBC Proms, which is an annual summer concert series that the BBC puts on that will feature any anything and anybody. Um, the annual National Brass Band uh, competition is held there. Uh, And then some of the famous things that has happened at Royal Albert Hall includes the first Titanic Memorial concert was held in that hall, 1912. The first ever sci-fi convention was held. It was called The Coming Race and Vril Ya Bazaar and Feet uh, from in 1891. And it was held to celebrate the book Vril, The Power of the Coming Race by Lord Lytton. And so it was the first sci-fi convention, so that's where nerds were born.
0: <laughs> that sounds that sounds like a that sounds like an amazing book. I'm not sure what happens in that book, but I now I kinda want to find out.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh leave it to the sci-fi nerds to be weird calling their convention the coming race and vril ya bazaar and feet. <laughs> uh
0: good old vril
1: You can't you can't just call it, you know convention for the book of Rill, whatever Something. anyway <laughs> anyways uh the salvation army has used it since 1895 to hold fundraising concerts and events um and more relevant to this podcast's topic of wrestling the first ever official sumo tournament to be hosted outside of japan in 1500 years was held in 1991 at uh, royal albert hall and was won by Akebono Taro.
0: Oh, wow. Who we saw on WrestleMania, what was that, 20, 21? One of those. Yes,
1: yeah. And then in 1904, the very first professional wrestling event was held at Royal Albert Hall. Well, the first event for Royal Albert Hall to be professional wrestling was held there. And it featured, uh, who is now a WWE Hall of Famer, Hackenschmidt, Uh he faced off against Jenkins for a purse of twenty five hundred pounds, and it was held under Greco-Roman rules, and was only allowed to happen as long as it was free from anything vulgar or incompatible with the dignity and reputation of the hall, and that wow. the com- right, and that the competitors <laughs> would be properly clothed so that there would be nothing of the semi-nude in the entertainment.
0: Well, that's sort of half of the point, the semi nude.
1: <laughs> that's why we watch, right? <laughs> I guess they, hey, hey.
0: I think they must have, uh, laxed, uh, you know, lightened up some of those rules by the time we get to the, uh, the Battle Royal in 1991. Not that there's anything like super, you know, there's no, there's nothing attitude era on here, but it's, you know, he heating gets a little, uh, risque from time to time.
1: Yeah. The, um, so we had, um, a military band actually accompanied Hockenschmidt who pinned the American Jenkins in two straight falls at that event. And there were measures put in place to make sure that betting was prohibited and that there was a very strong police presence, uh, just to make sure there was no nonsense, no funny business. And, uh, wrestling held seven or eight events a year there through the 1980s. Um, and then, in apparently in 1963, the Duke of Edinburgh actually attended some wrestling matches there, and that was the first time a royal had attended.
0: Hmm. And then, of course, in 1991, Lord Alfred Hayes attended this one. So, yes, you thank know, God. continuing the grand tradition of of royalty at yep. a wrestling and, event.
1: Yeah. And in 2015, Royal Albert Hall hosted a Lucha Libre event, uh, and it main evented by uh, Blue Damon Jr.
0: Oh, wow very yeah. cool
1: yeah so uh muhammad ali held several boxing fights in royal albert hall the who have performed there uh adele you name it and they have done top tier famous concerts at royal albert hall and uh it's one of those places uh like red rock yeah. and madison square garden uh, it's there. It's one of the places you have to go, and one of the places you have to perform if you're anybody.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. Like it's like you said, storied tradition. I think there's a reason that that Bob Dylan concert got attached to that one because Royal Albert Hall is so much more famous than Manchester, you know, Trade Hall. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, the
1: local labor hall there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't believe you. You're a liar. I don't believe you.
1: You're a liar.
0: I'm just going to keep doing that throughout the show, if that's okay. <laughs> um but uh, yeah, this, this is, there's not a whole lot of fanfare at the top of this thing. They want to grab those viewers uh, for off their Sky Movies uh, audience and, and just jump right in. So they uh, roll out the Nasty Boys, of course, Knobs and Sags with Jimmy Hart as their manager versus the Rockers, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. Um, this is a pretty solid tag match. Lots of some fast-moving action, it's a nice contrast of, uh, you know, sort of the bright colors and long hair and rock star looks of the of those guys versus the, you know, real ugly, well, faces and mullets and mohawks and the black clothes with the graffiti from the Nasty Boys, uh, and also sort of a difference in kind of like the speed versus power. Did you like this match?
1: I, I did for the most part. I thought it was interesting to start to show off with the Nasty Boys too, just because they kind of look like British punk rockers. Uh, too so like they look like the british under underground counterculture guys but fatter i actually always thought the nasty boys should have been rocksteady and bebop in the ninja turtles (laughs) movies i don't know why they just they just have that weird resemblance to me even though i know one's a rhino and the other's like a warthog but i still think i I still see it for some reason
0: i yeah i get it i get it especially when they have their sunglasses on it makes them look kind of animal-like you know
1: yeah, this is uh this match was was great. The the Nasty Boys really did a great job of stalling the start of the match even though it had a hot start and then it suddenly just like pulled back. They they pulled it back really quickly and the Nasty Boys uh really generated some heat from that young British audience. They are young. There's a lot <laughs> it's it's almost like WrestleMania 7 in there. It's <laughs>
0: Like, yeah, where everybody, all the dads got free tickets to bring their uh, their weekend yeah. kids along. Yeah. Yeah. Now the crowd is, uh, yeah, crowd's fired up. It was great. Um, Gorilla says, uh, if they're, as they're getting started, Gorilla says, I expected more roughhousing. And Bobby actually agrees with him. I, that's when I almost fell out of my chair. Um, Yeah. I don't know if I've ever heard heard him say, Oh, yeah, I I agree with you, Gorilla.
1: The planets aligned for a moment there. Like everything, there was like a strong gravitational pull that just, you could feel the Earth shift at that moment because Gorilla Monsoon (laughs) and Bobby Heenan agreed for a second.
0: The Sky Movie satellite falls out of the sky and crashes into the city.
1: Um, But as as a lot of these nasty boys and rockers matches, go the sloppier they get towards the end and there's a there's a spot where um i think it's Skaggs. he pulls down the top rope as sean is running towards it but he does it way too early and it's very clear that sean sees him do it but sean still goes with it and goes flipping over the top rope and it's just like you could have stopped you should have stopped because now it looks fake you made it look fake thanks thanks sean
0: Um, (laughs) yeah they should have should have uh You know, audible on that one, done something else.
1: Yeah. And, um, but it was funny to see the rockers working dirty, um, in this, but yet we're still faced. They were like, they were switching in and out without tagging, and like the audience was covering for them to the ref. There was a whole lot of pandering to the audience in this whole show. And it starts right away.
0: Yeah, for sure. There's a bunch of times throughout when they, uh, when the ref is kind of like it's almost like like a children's play or something where he's like looking to the to the crowd like what happened did he take the cookie and they're like no Skags took the cookie yeah
1: <laughs> it's really it's really weird um and um yeah
0: i was gonna say there's another funny exchange between monsoon and uh and heenan um Gorilla says, You know, so many opera luminaries have performed here over the years. And hena says, Oh, yeah. He says, Wayland Jennings, Willie Nelson, and Tiny <laughs> <Yeah>. Tim. <laughs> Tiny Tim. Yeah. Tiptoe
1: through the lips. Oh, yeah. Beautiful Good guy. Yeah this match had such a false finish at the end that the, that the commentators were confused. It was like finally confirmation that like Gorilla Monsoon doesn't know how the matches are going to end. And it's great because everybody thinks the rockers have won. And it because it was kind of like a botched count and like everybody's celebrating and like, but like, it's not actually
0: over. Yeah, it's chaos. Uh, Jimmy Hart gets involved. I'm actually not 100% sure what happened, but right. The Nasty Boys get the win. Yeah. Uh, there was a big pop and a lot of heat for a blind tag uh, between the rockers. You know, like, you know, again, more of interplay between the ref and the audience and that particular moment but it's a good start to uh the show you know i think it's a perfect um encapsulation of this era honestly uh we talked about when we did one of the wrestlemania seven or eight can't remember where we talked about how the nasty boys were like huge and main eventing uh, you know like tag championship match at one wrestlemania and then just gone like yeah they're they were huge they got they were really over but it was like for 10 minutes This is peak Nasty Boys here, I think.
1: Yeah, and again, the Rockers lose. We always see the Rockers lose.
0: They always lose, yeah. (laughs) Are they on the WWE's uh, Rock and Roll Express? Is that... The Rock and Roll at least won most sometimes, right? Rock
1: and Roll Express, I think, won most of the time. There were champions and stuff like that. And the Rockers, I don't think, ever were tag champions. Uh, so it's interesting that they just... Uh, I think they were kind of supposed to be like the Rock and Roll Express. But remember in the AWA, they were called the Midnight Rockers. So they are probably part Midnight Express, part <laughs> Rock and Roll Express. And now they're like, well, get rid of the Express and Midnight Rockers. Okay, there we go. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's really that's that's pretty bad. Part part uh Midnight Express, part Rock and Roll Express, all plagiarism.
1: Yes. Nothing has an original name.
0: There's a really good uh Ric Flair promo right after this match with Mean yeah. Gene. He's calling out Roddy Piper and he says, Piper, you can run, but you can't hide. There's a great line.
1: Yeah, and he he's really slow and like methodically opens his his robe to reveal the magnificent NWA championship belt because he's the real world's champion and i kind of agree with him uh and he ends the promo with with i i'm the man now and forever
0: man that's awesome oh, yeah yeah it's good that stuff. NWA belt is a thing of beauty it's it's freaking glorious uh, I can't get enough of it
1: no and it's nice that we're back to a WWF show here but and it's fun to see the NWA belt show up yeah
0: it. <laughs> yeah it's a nice little nice little tweak um so speaking of Ric Flair he's up next actually against our one of our favorites uh American Treasure uh Mr. Merced Solis Tito Santana this is a really, really good match. I don't know that either of us were expecting to find this here. I mean, obviously, you nope. can look up the cards, but like, man, this is, it's good. Like, it's really good. Uh, yeah. Tito is in prime Tito ness. His, his perm is, is glorious. He's got the uh, white chunks with a little red sombrero and the Strike Force lightning bolt on them. Um, you know, Flair looks like he always does, like a million bucks with that mane of hair. Yeah, I don't know where you want to start here. There's some good, there's some good stuff.
1: I, I mean, poor Tito Santana. He comes out and his music is delayed starting. He's already in the ring by the time his music plays. It's just sad. And then his music is just like it sounds like Latin music as if it was written by a white guy. <laughs> and I'm sure it was written by a white guy. And it's just, it's not good. I, poor Tito. I feel bad for him with with that entrance music. But, uh. He's got the skills. He comes out of nowhere, and it's great. This match, oof. And Flair's got some real heat with the audience, and the WWF is still using a MIDI version of Ric Flair's theme, which, <laughs> you know, is going to grate me forever and ever and ever and ever. Um, but this is a real sleeper match on this card. It's number two on the card. Ric Flair. Ric Flair's number two? This early in the show against Tito Santana? Man, this is a this is a main event caliber match in my opinion at
0: the very least like a a co-main event right like one of those like just right before yeah anyway but yeah rick starts out by working on tito's arm um there's kind of a funny moment where he uh tito does the sunset flip you know and and then some really cheesy selling by flair to get to the rope That, that part was a little bit fake looking um there's some nice chops from flair some nice punches in the corner the fans you know again the fans and the ref are you know buddy buddy throughout this thing they alert they alert the ref that flair has been using the ropes on a pin um and then (laughs) it's really cool that flair goes out on the apron to yell at the crowd tell them to mind their goddamn business
1: yeah Uh, (laughs) (laughs) it's It's so good he like lets go with tito to like run through the ropes and scream hey shut up and charges at the fans so good that was great uh, I really enjoyed the um, very opening exchange between those two. They had a grapple, and they pushed into the corner. Flair gave the clean break and a woo right in Tito's face, and you could tell that pissed Tito off. And uh, So they grapple again, and Tito then t- this time pushes Flair into the corner, but doesn't give a clean break and lands a big old shot right across the face on Flair. Like, whoo. He's angry. He's ready to go. It's so good.
0: Yeah, you've pushed a nice guy like Tito a little too far. He's going to give it to you.
1: Right away you pushed him too far.
0: (laughs) Right away, right from the top. Um, Yeah, his... uh tito's chest gets all red from the chops uh a little later on he's really been been laid into there um rick finally he goes for the figure four and he's sort of pulling on the ropes to get leverage he does it once and then twice and then ref almost catches him he does it three times and that's when gorilla uh gives one of his (laughs) one of his trademark lines "Is he's doing some real damage to those lateral collateral ligaments (laughs) that's not a thing gorilla no um I like Tito's punches are great. Like, yeah, uh, he really he punches like he means it. um, And he punches Flair enough times where he makes him do his front face bump and he staggers around and falls over like a tree, which is great.
1: There's this great moment, too, for a while near the opening of the match, too, where Flair has Tito in a series of arm bars and Flair keeps doing these like little struts and maneuvers to show how much control he has over Tito because he's got the wrist and the arm lock going. Uh, it's really a great show of Flair's arrogance and healing it up without really healing it up. It's it's a really nice little subtle thing. And Flair keeps pulling his hair, pulling Tito's hair to keep him down. And uh, Tito eventually snaps from that and starts throwing haymakers. And these guys they go at it, and it's it's a it's amazing and. Uh, what there was something there was a move that made uh them think that tito might have been busted open did he hit the ring steps or something
0: i think so i think he. yeah was it the post or the steps i can't remember there's also a moment where uh so tito flair does that thing where he's climbing up to the top rope and tito like walks over and grabs him and like body slams him off which is yeah which is a move that flair does uh pretty frequently but he almost gets a pin and as he's almost getting a pin heenan is over there screaming no yeah. <laughs> he screams so loud he starts coughing and gorilla threatens to call the paramedics crack me <laughs> up
1: yeah i mean heenan's really feeling this match and it's really fun when the announcers really get into a match because um, these two don't sometimes seem very excited about the matches but they're getting sucked into this one uh, heenan screams i smell picante at one point point you hear flair scream his traditional oh god no no oh god and then uh he he tells the crowd multiple times keep your mouths shut
0: that's awesome <laughs> i love him i love the getting the heat with the crowd um the the finish on this one flair reverses a sort of roll up and grabs the tights of course uh because he's dirty and we get uh flair win and also a pretty serious shot of uh, tito's ass
1: yeah we got get... a lot of tito santana there
0: <laughs> gorilla says that's a disgusting move by that man claiming to be the real world's champion the hawkster would never do anything like that mm-hmm. speaking
1: of the hawkster where is he
0: where is the hawkster he's not fighting dirty that's for sure no he's off in hollywood we think at this time making uh which one of the nanny the
1: mr nanny i believe mr. Nanny. probably yeah there's there's a lot of WWF talent missing from this show, so uh, which which makes this a very interesting watch. Just because it's like we get to see if WWF can put on uh, a great show without some of its biggest names.
0: Yeah, and you can look at the card obviously and see some of the ones that we're talking about. Anything else about uh, Mr. Flair and Mr. Santana? That that match, like I said, that's that's worth the price of admission for sure
1: yeah these those guys do a great job it, We're probably not doing it justice with how how we're talking about it, but it is great,
0: yeah, you guys should probably just go watch it instead of i mean after you listen to us, talk about it, and then you watch it and then you come back and listen to us again that way we get a second download out of it, and you have more context it's uh it's, everybody wins, yeah. There's a couple more uh, promos with Mean Jean. He's got the Big Boss Man and then after that he's got Jimmy Hart and The Earthquake.
1: Big Boss Man says the entire world is his jurisdiction.
0: <laughs> That's not how that works, Boss Man.
1: There's some amazing promo work in this
0: show. There um, is. Well, this is really cl- like sort of classic like match promo, match promo, match promo, yeah. you know. Um like we've noted with some of the earlier Uh, Wrestlemania is where I mean that was that was the formula you know the wrestling classic is one if you want to listen to that one you it's the same thing it's like um, and sometimes it's a promo for the very next match sometimes it's a promo for like two matches down the card or or the main event but you you, a pattern is uh, undeniable as time itself
1: earthquakes promo I don't know (laughs) what he was smoking before this this is this is the line that he delivers You know how long of a boat ride it is from the US to here? It's really far. It's why we took a plane.
0: (laughs) I heard that too, and I thought maybe it had been like set up as a joke, but then I'm like, no, that's that's he just said that, like just complete non sequitur. Maybe it sounded funnier in his head.
1: So he asks, How long of a boat ride? So he's he's wanting to know time. He's asking if you know how how much time it takes to uh, get to England from the U.S. But then he tells you it's really far. So he switches the distance. And then the distance is the reason why they took a plane.
0: Not the time. Uh,
1: uh, not the time. <laughs> he's all over the place.
0: I he, <laughs> He's not a stand-up <laughs> comedian. I mean, or maybe he's like the best stand-up comedian. Maybe he's Andy Kaufman. <laughs> he's <laughs>
1: Earthquake is the Andy Kaufman of wrestling promos.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It makes you question. What is a joke anyway? (laughs) Does it really need to conform to your typical joke structure or is it just anything you say with the intention of being funny or do you even have to intend to be funny? What if you just say something and insist that it's a joke? Does that make it a joke? I don't know. I think I smoked some of whatever the big uh, whatever the earthquake was smoking.
1: Yeah, I mean that's probably why Big Boss Man's coming for him. Uh, whatever <laughs> earthquakes done is not legal.
0: This is a this is another good match actually. It's a couple of couple of big guys slapping into each other. Um but again, we've talked about it before but the crowd is pumped for Big Boss Man. Like it's yeah. ridiculous he's, how over he is.
1: He is ridiculously over. He, I would he's probably number number 2 face. Under under Hogan at this point, like it's it's craziness. I I don't understand it. I mean, he's got some talent, you know. I'm not taking away his talents. I just don't. I don't. I don't understand.
0: Yeah, I don't know either.
1: What made him everybody love him so much? Uh, He got over. Yeah, in this this match, you know, Earthquake draws heat quick because he won't get in the ring because Boss Man is twirling his nightstick around and. He's yelling at the ref to get the nightstick away from him. So that's a great way to start this match. And then.
0: That's a reasonable ask too. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it is. It's It's a good move. Uh, And then once Earthquake gets in the ring, you see how small Big Boss Man is compared to Earthquake or how gargantuan Earthquake is of a man. Like, good Lord.
0: Yeah, I noticed that too. I, I wrote down that Earthquake makes him look tiny. Like it's not quite Omos and uh, Bobby Lashley, but it's it's pretty close. Earthquake is is gigantic, yeah. Um,
1: and Big Boss Man is sweating before he even got. He's <laughs> like, I don't. He's sweating in his promo early on. Earthquake mocks Hulk Hogan's posing, which is which was fun to watch. But yeah, Boss Man starts landing some mean punt. He's 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 straight up hitting Earthquake in those body shots. I don't know how close you were looking, but you could see fist hitting flesh at an accelerated pace
0: yeah i kind of wonder how much he uh felt those but um the other thing is this is this one goes on a long time for an earthquake match like most of the yeah. stuff that we've seen with him has been squash matches you know like two or three minutes like uh you know a tiny bit of offense for the doomed opponent and then you know then the uh the big old sit down splash and the big leg or whatever um but this is good like it actually yeah it made me impressed with how well he works for such a big guy he starts sweating up a storm too after a while and they're you know they're they're going back and forth i really like the way that earthquake falls into the ropes and gets like tangled up like andre the giant style yeah that that was really cool
1: earthquake of everybody really knew how to just hit the ropes like you see how much he leans into those damn things he's got a lot of trust in those ropes for a big man
0: yeah if they ever snapped he was he was gonna die like
1: he was getting like 45 degree angle maybe deeper of leaning his full body into those ropes and springing back like he was getting some real momentum off of them there's this great exchange between boss man and earthquake as well where boss man has earthquake in a headlock for quite a while and there's multiple exchanges of trying to get of earthquake trying to break the headlock, and at one point, uh, boss man actually grabs earthquake's beard to hold on to him to keep him in the headlock. And like, as a person with a beard, that looked horribly painful. <laughs> like, oh god.
0: <laughs> also, a move you don't see, right? Like, you know, you grab the hair, you grab whatever, but yeah. not, not not the beard. Like, that's that's yeah. like the uh, Abdullah. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. That's the uh, Kamala uh, tit pinch maneuver. Like. Like, well, yeah. oh, never saw that before. Yeah. Right. Uh,
1: <laughs> the... <laughs> don't grab his tit. Jesus. Uh...
0: Or do. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. Whatever.
1: Bossman man finally chops Earthquake down with a bunch of kicks and punches, and, like, Earthquake falls flat on his butt, and uh, Gorilla says, looks like a big baby sitting there. And then uh, Heenan right. says, wouldn't want to take his rattle or diaper him, though. <laughs>
0: Eh, amazing. Uh, uh, the Mounty uh ends up coming down to help. Um so Earthquake gets the dirty win there.
1: Yeah, the the boss man like gets gets caught midair by Earthquake. So that was a possible oh shit moment. This Boss Man jumps from the like second rope onto Earthquake, and Earthquake catches him, and Earthquake just throws him into a violent power slam with his full weight coming down on top of him. And the crowd just went silent, like just like <laughs> dead air. Like, oh my God. You
0: killed Big Boss Man. Yeah, pretty
1: much. Uh and Jimmy Hart screams at Earthquake to give him a root canal with your foot, baby. Ooh i don't know yeah i don't know what that means um and then the yeah like you said the mountie shows up uh interferes and the crowd boos him like crazy but the mountie works for the royal canadian mounted police and royal he's part of the commonwealth he's an agent of the queen he should be face He's face he should <laughs> be good, face damn it that's a
0: good point yeah <laughs> Also, if we can get behind a racist-ass prison guard from frickin' Georgia, we can get behind uh, a member of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Just saying. Right. Right. I don't know. We've talked Even about this Even though he before. has a cattle
1: prod. He has a cattle prod.
0: He does. Well, don't and know again, why. I think, I think the main difference is that his jacket is red and Boss Man's shirt is blue. That's. That's. I think that's the main thing.
1: Red sets people off.
0: But anyway, yeah, Mounty uh, helps Earthquake get the win. I, he didn't really need it. Earthquake would have pulled that one out, I think, because he's like, Yeah. He's, he's a giant, a giant among men. So,
1: though, Boss Man did a fancy insiguri. Like, I don't know. Did you, did you see that?
0: No, I must have missed it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So like, uh, earthquake catches, catches his foot and then boss man brings the other foot around and connects with a kick to the back of earthquake's head. And that's where, uh, gorilla monsoon talks about the protuberance. Uh, (laughs) Oh, the the, external uh, occipital
0: protuberance. There you
1: go. Thank you. Thank you. I can never say it right. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah.
0: It's not quite close to the lateral collateral ligaments, but it's it's close enough. Uh, We get some more. (laughs) the other end, we get some more uh, promos. Mean Gene is here to explain the rules of the battle royal, uh, which I think we all know by now. He does a promo with Kerry Von Eric, who is um, all over the place. Uh, He also introduces Jimmy Hart and the Mountie, and the Mountie just starts yelling. I don't know, like I couldn't understand what Rougeau was yelling about there.
1: No, I no. Just I just thought it alone.
0: was Canadian French or something. I'm not yeah. sure.
1: Mean Gene explains that the winner of the 20 man battle royal will win the Royal Samovar trophy. For those of you that don't know, a samovar is a traditional Russian tea kettle, but it's been co opted into other cultures, and it is the traditional way of serving high tea. Is your tea is served out of the samovar?
0: I'm sure that that's just what one of these guys wants or needs
1: um yeah everybody (laughs) earthquake is really angry all he needs is the samovar to complete his set and he uh (laughs) missed the week where if you bought 50 dollars worth of groceries you could get the samovar
0: so he got the he got the chafing dish he got the uh the special deviled egg tray and the gravy bowl just missing the samovar god damn missed
1: it. the samovar and uh he doesn't have enough green stamps to get them either.
0: <laughs> <sighs> that's great um that <laughs> does bring up the mounty with jimmy hart so jimmy hart is uh up front with like all, so many of these matches <laughs> um i guess because bobby heenan's on commentary they needed somebody to cause chaos and uh the mounty is going against carrie von eric who's the Texas tornado, of course. Um, the crowd doesn't seem terribly into this match. Um, again, I don't Carey, know.
1: Carrie yeah. just could not get over with the WWF fans for some reason. It seems from what we've seen, just doesn't seem like he's he's that over, and he's just not that exciting to watch, in my opinion. From the two things, two or three things that we've seen him in here. He looks great. He's in great shape and it's clear that he knows what he's doing, but there's this blah. And I, I the the crowd even throws trash at the end of this match.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not terribly interesting. Um yeah, that's what I said. I'm not sure if people outside of Texas really knew who the Von Erichs were or you know, I mean, obviously down there they were a big deal. Um, local heroes and all that, but like you said, they just never quite translated and carry especially the the big one uh the big move in this particular match is he sort of misses a punch and nails the ring post with his hand and then yeah. he kind of sells that for the rest of the time uh the bounty gets a dirty finish with his feet on the top rope but then the ref has figured out that it happened I guess the crowd stooged on him again this, this crowd man a bunch of narcs, I know. And, um, uh, so the ref waves off the decision and then they just, they start fighting some more, <laughs> which was a little yeah, weird. You
1: can't, you can't tell whether the ref has restarted the match or if he's reversed the decision or, you know, nothing. Um, but yeah, the crowd turned on this match early uh, because the Mountie did a huge amount of stalling. He did the heel stall tactics of not getting in the ring, avoiding contact and stuff like that. And then once he immediately stays in, in the ring, he immediately, they lock up and puts Carrie Von Eric into a really long sleeper hold. And then there's a little bit of an exchange. And then Carrie puts the Mountie in a sleeper hold. And it's just like, good lord, guys. Come on. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Do something. Anything. So, like, yeah, this was a boring-ass match.
0: <laughs> one and on top of that you're following rick flair and tito and then you're following earthquake and a big boss man you're not making good decisions here um no so carrie goes back to work on the mountie for a little bit and then the Mounty eventually just says ah fuck this i'm out of here gets counted out crowd's not happy about it i'm not happy about it um but i know you're you're excited about the next part yes did you
1: and, and oh my god so uh There's a great promo with Paul Bearer and The Undertaker. So Paul Bearer starts talking about all the dead royals who have visited Royal Albert Hall at some point. (laughs) And then the The Undertaker lands an incredible line of, As the sands of the hourglass run out, so will the breath in your lungs. And long before the battle royal, Rigamortis will set in. And all that is left is a WWF mass burial. Wow. Every British kid is goth now. (laughs) That's hot. Uh, And then we get the Undertaker's theme played on the historic pipe organ of Royal Albert Hall.
0: And the dude is dressed up like the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah,
1: for some reason. But yeah, it's great. But too bad they didn't get the sound set up right. So you can barely hear it. It's so sad It heart. It breaks my heart. I need to see if there's like a better recording or something online or something. But
0: yeah, I knew you'd be excited about that. Undertaker. That's a classic. That's uh, yeah, man. He's in his Western getup. He's got the the whole um, funeral parlor thing. Paul Bearer is hamming it up. Um, so.
1: WWF mass burial.
0: That's <laughs> great. It was great. <laughs> It's not quite Twilight's Last Creaming, but you know, it gets <laughs> it'll get you there. Um so he's coming down after the the uh, organ intro, he's coming down to fight Hacksaw Jim Duggan, which is kind of a, a weird pairing, except that Yeah. Um I yeah, I don't know. So Duggan was again, he was he was huge for like ten minutes. He was super over, all the kids loved him, everybody did the the ho chant, uh in the USA. Uh, Like I said, I think they just wanted to root for him because he seemed like he had a cognitive disability of some sort. Um, Yeah, I mean, well,
1: Duggan was supposed to get like a fairly big push, I think, until the Iron Sheik cocaine incident. Um, I'm pretty certain that like he was supposed to be pushed up there with Hogan and stuff with his uh, patriotic duty and stuff. But, um, yeah, Duggan gets a big pop for, quote unquote, the resident dummy as Bobby Heenan refers to him multiple times through this match.
0: That's not very uh, inclusive.
1: No, no. But there is a there is a little kid that has turned to the dark side with the Undertaker and is getting right up in Duggan's face and giving him boos and thumbs <laughs> down and screaming in his face that he sucks. Uh Duggan just blows right by him, but it's great. It's great. I'm happy for that kid. <laughs>
0: Did they have Hot Topic in uh, in the UK? I don't know. I'm sure they had some equivalent. I'm um, sure.
1: I mean, you had to buy chains for your wallet somewhere.
0: Yeah. So Duggan uh, basically gets like all of the offense in this match, but nothing that he does even phases the Undertaker. Um, and Paul Bearer keeps bringing the urn back to increase the uh, the Undertaker's strength, which is which is a fun gimmick. He, uh, I don't, did you have any other notes on the match? I mean, I can talk about uh, the finish, I mean, but.
1: it was amazing for a British crowd to be chanting USA. Uh, <laughs> that was, that was pretty entertaining. Uh, the undertaker though, you can, is starting to get over with the crowd, even though he's still heel, um, undertaker lands an impressively fast and f- high flying clothesline, um, and, yeah, the Undertaker also picks up Duggan and drops him on the top rope with a guillotine. Like, oof. like Jim Duggan's no small man. And he just drops him right on there. Uh, and then eventually Duggan just gets fed up and just goes and grabs his two-by-four and comes into the ring and hits the Undertaker with it. And it has no effect, but that gets Duggan disqualified for, like, a really dullish kind of match, sadly.
0: Yeah, it's too bad. He does he does knock the Undertaker out of the ring, but then he just like he just leaves. <laughs> he just he yeah. just follows Paul Paul Bearer out of the um out of the arena with the urn. He's just like, Oh, we're good. We're done now. Um because that's the urn is more important than going back to like whale on the guy who just hit you with a piece of lumber, I guess. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's too bad. Um, the promo made up for it, though, for sure.
1: The promo is the best part of the Undertaker appearance, and yeah, that's that's pretty common in the Undertaker's uh, early days, anyway. <laughs> yeah,
0: I agree. There's more promos coming up. Mean Gene and and Piper, um, and uh, I don't know if you noticed that Okerlund is like trying not to crack up at Piper's shenanigans during this promo (laughs) yes he's so over the top he's really he's gonna take it to flair he wants us all to know about it um but oakland is kind of like he's he was oh there's a bunch of times where he like gets so close to cracking a smile and it made me laugh um piper's magical on the microphone like that guy yeah something else
1: piper says about flair i'm going to slap you so long your hair will go back to its natural color real champion (laughs) real champion if you believe that you'll believe there will be a boy george jr you feather wearing frocking freak i'm gonna get my hands on flair finish up the battle royal get that football player gaza take him to the disco and show him how to ring a few bells
0: (laughs) i don't know what that part means it's was gaza a soccer maybe gaza so a gaza was a So
1: gaza is a very famous soccer player i don't understand about taking him to the disco and showing <laughs> him a few how to ring a few bells gaza was heterosexual as po- as far as i can tell yeah paul john gascione was his real name but he went by the nickname gaza uh, and he was a he was a big fucking deal in soccer for a while at least british soccer so huh <sighs> yeah i i it's interesting that like uh piper wants to call him out and show him how to ring a bell i don't know if that's piper <laughs> asking him out but maybe
0: yeah maybe yeah. i yeah. thought maybe he uh piper had just like talked so much and and gone so astray he had like started dipping into like uh israeli politics and was talking about the <laughs> gaza strip now I didn't, I didn't know what was going on um no Anyway, fantastic promo. The Mean Gene uh, talks to Jimmy Hart and Typhoon, and then Power and Glory. Hercules does not look good here at all. He's now poor, Hercules. very swollen and red and puffy. He just he doesn't. Well, look I good. mean,
1: he's getting the Iron Cheek thing to where like he's got the gut, but the muscles too. Where, like it's the hard, stiff gut. I don't know. Uh, Paul Romer starts pointing at his shirt and says, "Does this say failure? No, it says winner on it." <laughs> it says glory
0: <laughs> also that's that's a shirt you had made you could put whatever you want on there yeah yeah <laughs> so oh man um so yeah power and glory paul roma and hercules are up against the legion of doom hawk and animal uh for a wwf tag team championship match um actually we saw paul roma at that uh celebrity fest event a few weeks back i didn't get his autograph but he looked to be good in good shape he looked yeah uh, he looked good Um, don't forget
1: the road warriors had a promo too
0: oh did they i missed missed it
1: they did they had a promo after power and glory and hawk delivers a spectacular line of swelling of the fluid sac surrounding the brain contusions inner bleeding these are the things our dreams are made of. <laughs> Your mother won't accept the looks you have been thrown from one end of the ring to the other.
0: Wow. How did I I don't know that?
1: what that second line means. I don't know what that means at all, <laughs> but they won't accept the looks you have been thrown. Uh yeah, I don't know. I don't know if like uh Hawk was reading a cue card and skipped a line. Oh, maybe (laughs) I'm like, what? Uh, but the road warriors do maintain their kayfabe home of Chicago in the promo as well. So,
0: Oh, interesting. I don't know. I did, I did catch the favorite things line. I just must not have written it down. That's weird. Oh, well, I'm glad you got it though. I also did not know what the hell they were talking about. They seem. they seemed mad about something. Um, I couldn't tell you what, um, this is uh pretty slow for a Legion of Doom match. Well, it maybe not for a Legion of Doom match. It's slow for a Road Warriors match, which we've been watching a lot of, um, and those matches go about a thousand miles an hour for about four minutes, and then they're over. Um, and this is this is a little bit different.
1: Yeah, I don't know if they like have like restrictor plates on them or something like that to keep them from going so fast, like. Vince has told them they need to calm down. They need to work like normal people. Uh, Say, <laughs> so look, but, you're
0: not allowed to murder anybody in the ring anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's too bad because that's what the Legion of Doom are best at. Um, and as as we're getting introduced into this into this match of Legion of Doom versus Power and Glory, uh, Bobby Heenan says that all the people there in England talk funny. They talk like they have a toothache. <laughs>
0: Is that a joke about national health care and the dentist, uh, dentistry?
1: There's a lot of layers on that one from Heenan. It's it's a glorious line.
0: I di- I didn't actually take too many notes on this Matt. I did no. Note there the wasn't one
1: anything to note.
0: Yeah. Um. Hawk catches Roma. Roma comes off uh, off the ropes in a crossbody, and Hawk like flips him around for a vicious power slam, and like almost doesn't get his head around. It kind of bounces off the mat a little bit. That was, yeah. that was a rough a rough looking bump. Um, yeah a lot you know big big guy power moves you know the usual stuff
1: hulk no sells a pile driver uh as as he does gorilla keeps calling uh paul roma romeo <laughs> yeah there sadly we don't get a uh a, a, a um doomsday device in this match either which is always disappointing animal comes rolling in on a hot tag and then Animal catches Paul Roma from the top rope and swings him around into a, oof, power slam and gets the pin for one, two, three. And that, that was all she wrote for power and glory. And it probably should have been all they wrote forever at this point.
0: <laughs> Just wheel them out, put them in the put them mothballs. You guys are done. Uh, we're moving right along. This is, uh, there's a mean gene and a British bulldog promo i you know i can already tell the crowd is going to lose their collective shit for davy when he comes out he's the only uh noticeably british person on the card i'm not sure if there's anybody else who's british actually i don't think there is but he's uh no he's he's got a lot of fans
1: yeah i mean they they don't need hulk hogan to come on this trip <laughs> of of england at least they don't need him here uh bulldog's gonna get all the pop they need off of off of that and bulldog's gonna probably outsell Hogan's merch anyway. So
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lord Alfred Hayes um comes out to call this match, which he tells us is scheduled for one fall. Of course, scheduled, um, scheduled. 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 scheduled, scheduled. Lots of booze for the barbarian, who's like, who's an absolute unit. Like he makes he makes Davy look small, the way the earthquake made Big Boss Man look small. Um, there's a really good line a gorilla says, why do you think Davey's doing that to his hair now? Cause he has those braids, you know, and Heenan says, I think the state did it to him. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. <laughs> there's some good big guy action here. We've seen. Yeah. I feel like we've seen a British bulldog. I know if we've seen him against the warlord, have we seen him against the barbarian before? I can't remember. No. It I seems very familiar. Was-
1: This match was supposed to happen at one of the WrestleManias we watched recently. But, uh, yeah. No, I don't think we've seen these two against each other. Maybe not. British Bulldog was to face the Berserker at WrestleMania 8, but the match never happened. Not
0: the Barbarian. Bulldog does that uh amazing running power slam thing that we love so much that we call out every time we see it because it's it's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I think um,
1: I think what we're thinking of is that in the demolition video, uh Bulldog and um dynamite kid were tagged with uh the barbarian and um what did haku yeah haku yeah yeah right maybe no
0: i don't know we're gonna need (laughs) i definitely think
1: uh... i definitely think the barbarian was in that match but not haku but yeah
0: no it was warlord and barbarian were in that match the powers of pain yeah hours of pain
1: and bulldog and
0: um demolition and the conquistadors right right see we remember stuff that we watch yeah yeah you guys guys don't know you guys don't know how much old wrestling we watch (laughs) you're lucky you can remember these things at all this is why we write shit down right anyway is what, what, uh, is there anything that you wanted to call out from this match? Honestly, uh,
1: I mean, Davy Boy's got a beautiful standing drop kick. Barbarian sends uh, Bulldog out of the ring with a big old nasty big boot, and you could like, and then Bulldog hits the floor so hard, like some of the beads from his hair went flying. <laughs> uh, it was it was a little rough looking. Um, and there's this one moment where uh, Barbarian has Bulldog up against the ropes on the outside and like pulling him back over the ropes by his neck and uh the barbarian spits on bulldog's chest and then slaps it so that it's nice (laughs) and wet
0: yeah that's (laughs) disgusting yeah that's not a move
1: Uh, (laughs) it's it's kind of pornographic i don't I don't know why it felt nasty like that, but it did. <laughs> um, and then uh, Bulldog got a nosebleed at some point, too, during this match, which, I don't know, just added a little bit to it, which I, I liked. And then Bulldog gets Barbarian up in that big old power slam, that running power slam. That's just... Good God, that's a lot of man.
0: Oof. Yeah, that's incredible. It'd be fascinating to find a, find a physics guy to, like calculate the amount of force that 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 generates you know like because because barbarians got to be closing in on 300 pounds right and davy himself is um not too far behind and then he's got the the velocity of the steps that he's taken and then the drop and the turn um somebody somebody who knows how to do physics you should graph this out for us so we can look at it anyway we wait our, our listeners are probably not that Uh, I mean, they're, they're very intelligent, but I don't know. I don't know if they have those kinds of skills.
1: Yeah. I mean, what the ESPN used to do that, like physics tracker thing of like their, of the athletes and stuff. How, like, how, how, how hard does uh, Mike Tyson punch and how fast does Tom Brady throw and stuff like that. So.
0: Yeah. What what how what's the force generated when uh, Tiger Woods swings a golf club, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. This is a decent match, two giant guys. They don't do a whole lot. There's some violence. It's good. It's not the best match of the night, but it's uh it's a solid effort. All right, that brings us down to the Battle royal. One more promo, the Nasty Boys, Jimmy Hart, and Mean Gene. And the Nasty Boys say something along the lines of, Europe has never had a tragedy like the Nasty Boys coming to town. <laughs> Which,
1: um, yeah, so they say, this is directly what they say. We are the biggest tragedy to hit Europe. There's been a plague here or there, and some cat named Adolf raised a little hell around here. Jesus.
0: <laughs> I, must have, I must have blacked out during that part.
1: A little hell. I mean, I, it's it's, uh, it's Skaggs talking, so he's a little bit hard to understand. He's missing a tooth or two, and and he talks fast, and he mumbles a bit. But, you know, I was watching on a PC, so I had that nice, like, 10-second rewind click button that I could just hit real fast and uh, spin it back. And I was like, he really said that. <laughs> He really fucking said that. He compared the nasty boys to Hitler and World War II and the Blitz.
0: And don't forget the Black Plague.
1: And the Black Plague.
0: (laughs) I mean, he's nasty. They're nasty. What do you expect?
1: Wow. (laughs) I'm impressed by his knowledge of history. Yeah. (laughs) That he knows that there was a plague and that Hitler's first name was Adolf. It's impressive. It's yeah. impressive when you look at him.
0: He, <laughs> yeah, we sh- this is a this is an important lesson. We shouldn't judge people based on their appearance. We should judge them based on by their really poor analogies about uh, world history. Probably
1: yeah, a little tasteless analogy, but he knows world history, so yeah.
0: So that means the last the last thing is is the. The, uh, the title, the title cut, the battle Royal, uh, Royal Albert Hall that we were promised. Uh, so basically everyone on the card, everyone on the card plus Rowdy, Rowdy Piper and Typhoon. Um, so everyone that we've mentioned already, plus those two guys are, um, are in this one. It's, it's a 20 man thing. It's not the Royal rumble where people come down a bit at a time. It's everybody gets in the ring, uh, and then they start. But everybody gets an in, their own introduction, so that oh, that's Jesus. a little bit fun. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I, I I put down that like Tim must be so angry about all these guys getting their own introduction.
0: <laughs> yeah, I hate that shit. Like just <laughs> just throw them all in the ring and just. Uh, but it does actually make for a couple of cool moments. Um, so there's a moment where everybody kind of stops and makes room and moves away when the Undertaker comes in. Um, that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah. And then when Piper comes in. He goes directly at Ric Flair, like he like. There's nobody else in the ring. He's just like, "Fuck that guy! I'm gonna mess him up!" And just like charges right at at Ric Flair. Um, that was that was cool.
1: Yeah, Bobby Heenan calls out the WWF for the ridiculousness of this of this whole concept, and is like, "Only in the WWF can you get 20 guys fighting for a teapot."
0: <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and then
1: Heenan starts giving Hulk Hogan shit for not being there because enan like us loves to give hulk hogan shit anytime they can
0: yeah you gotta do it you're contractually obligated also hulk hogan just looks like a guy who needs a fancy teapot i'm just saying and
1: Um, i was disappointed because i was like if someone doesn't get brained by that samovar this whole thing has been a waste like if it doesn't get used as a weapon like you can't sit there through a two and a half hour thing be like 20 wrestlers are going to fight over this teapot like the whole night. You can't keep teasing it. And then no one gets hit by it. It's Very <laughs> sad. It's very sad. No one eats a teapot to the
0: face. Um, it's It says a lot about our society. Who's booking this show? <laughs> oh, no, not us. Uh, the They do sort of have an opportunity to revisit some of the feuds from earlier in the night. So, uh, Earthquake and Bossman, Bossman and the Mountie, Piper and Flair, like going at each other more or less the entire time. Piper eventually tosses uh, Flair out. The, there's a the Undertaker spot that I was thinking about earlier. I was laughing as Piper like bounces Undertaker's crotch on the ropes, and Paul Bearer is down ringside and he does the screaming for him. Yes, <laughs> Just, Yes. because the Undertaker can't sell it, right? Uh, but right. Paul Bearer is down like ah. <laughs> 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 that was really that was really clever
1: yeah i like that uh sean michaels throws somebody over and then he goes over with him but he does his skin the cat bullshit to, to try to go back in the ring but someone stops him immediately and he gets eliminated as well i was like yeah fuck that that's that's what you get douchebag. F- fancy pants yeah. um yeah what's what was there was some weird things happening because, like, they always split off in the heel and face pairs and stuff. So, uh, Hacksaw comes after Earthquake with his two by four and he pushes Typhoon out of the way. and Typhoon just gets out of the way so that Earthquake can get attacked by a Hacksaw. I'm like, that's his tag partner. Why would he do that?
0: <laughs> also, Did he's he twice the size, he's twice the size <laughs> right. of Duggan. He could have just like stopped it. it moved, yeah the final four here are the big boss man, the Mountie typhoon and the British bulldog. Um, so I wonder who's going to win. Um, <laughs> there's a, there's kind of a cool move. Boss man does this like slide under the ropes and then hits Jimmy Hart and, <laughs> and jumps back in the ring. That part was cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Mounty tosses the boss man and then typhoon clotheslines the Mountie out. So we got uh, the uh, typhoon and the British bulldog in the ring for the, for the last bit here.
1: Yeah, Typhoon doesn't need a teapot. So he just
0: fails. <laughs> he doesn't drink. He already
1: tea. got the he already got the set. Um and no, so like they go out a little bit but then uh Typhoon comes aggressively at Davey and Davey Boy uh back draw backbody drops uh Typhoon over the top rope, which was really fucking impressive cuz Typhoon's a big mofo as well and he gets sent over the top and Davey Boy wins. And the crowd loses their goddamn minds. The place is rattling.
0: Yeah, we all we all knew it was coming, but they're still they're still in for it here. Um, so, but of course, earthquake and uh, typhoon aren't too happy about all this. So they come back for the double team. They do a kind of fun move where they like sort of make a ice cream sandwich out of Davy. Um, Davy manages to get out of the way before earthquake gets the sit down splash on him, um, and they're 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 gonna they're going in for the coup de grace, but then
1: Andre the motherfucking giant rolls out, <laughs> crutches and all, recovering from his knee surgery, but he's back, baby. He comes rumbling down, and if you thought the crowd exploded when Davy Boy won won the battle royal, Andre's still the draw. There's no doubt that place the that audience. Uh, they probably are still talking about it to this day. And then Andre showed up and Andre saved Davy boy from the, from the natural disasters. Crikey, crikey governor. <laughs> it was amazing.
0: I think um, Rich is over here committing hate crimes on the mic. <laughs> I figured they were excited. Cause it's uh, like, it's just like world war two. We got Britain and France teaming up. Uh, to conquer evil in this case evil is the americans which you know whatever um but it's uh a, it's it's a, it's a feel-good moment for everybody
1: yeah it's great to see andre come and roll him back Um supposedly this is uh andre's last appearance on wwf television of any sort before he passes away in 1993
0: yeah he looks he looks a little rough here um but it is good to see him. I didn't know he was coming out. Uh, I try not to read, you know, the summaries until after we're done watching. So don't spoil that stuff for myself. Um, so that was cool.
1: Yeah. And uh, I was looking at it. It looks like there's like a Birmingham uh, house show in Birmingham the next night. And at that show, Andre and British Bulldog are tag team against the natural disasters.
0: Hmm. Appropriate so um best match uh, i think we can probably agree on that one yeah
1: yeah i think it's going to be uh rick and tito going at yeah. it
0: that's the one worst match Ric Flair
1: is always the man rick flair is always the man <laughs> worst match is going to be the mountie and carry von eric and i hate doing that to carry von eric but you know he's it's just just something doesn't work with him
0: yeah. And it was bad. Like it just wasn't I don't understand why it was put together that way. Like let's pick all the I feel like the only like super boring move they didn't get to was a uh, full Nelson. Um yeah. yeah. And then uh oh shit moment. I know you mentioned a couple.
1: Um yeah, so I'm kinda I'm kinda tied. So one, Andre shows up at the end. Holy shit. Andre the Giant. Jeez, I was not expecting that. And then there's a sad one too. The samovar broke when Davy Boy Smith picked it up to win. <laughs> <laughs> A big piece of the... There's something giant and silver that came off in his hand when he broke it up, when he picked it up. And it's like, oh. Mm,
0: that's too oh. bad.
1: Yeah. we are going to have um. to take it to the silversmith to get that fixed. But yeah, I'm probably leaning closer towards Andre being my number one because, you know, Andre rolls out and beats up people. That's always fun. And that's something that we don't get to see a lot of the Andre run in um, and it should have happened more often. So I think I think that's where I'm going with my oh shit moment.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, that's yeah. I think mine maybe, Hmm. man, I don't actually I don't even know. Um, most amusing moment was Undertaker um, getting his crotch bounced on the ropes and Paul Bearer doing the ventriloquist <laughs> job. That was, that was pretty good. Yeah, that was good. Uh, that's, that's all I got, I think. Yeah. So overall, I think uh, pretty entertaining show. A little, you know, some weird stuff going on. Um, it's a pretty, it's a pretty, it's both... What do I want to say? It's both very typical of its time in, in like the majority of the talent and also sort of atypical in the fact that we're missing a couple of really big names here.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating show to watch because it's missing the Hart Foundation. As we mentioned before, it's missing Hulk Hogan and it's missing Macho Man. It's missing Sergeant Slaughter because they just hot off of their feud. It's missing Ted DiBiase and IRS... Uh, Howard Finkel didn't make the trip for the ring announcing. Uh, Rick Martel's not there. Jake the Snake isn't there. Uh, Sensational Sherry didn't come along on this trip. And neither did Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Uh, so it's it's a weird little show. And then you have Roddy Piper there. And, and you have Ric Flair there. Which <laughs> is something that you don't see in, in a WWF show like this a lot.
0: Yeah, Ric Flair seems really like I mean, his match the match is perfect, but he also just seems really out of place with these guys. Um and I yeah. know I know that, you know, the way that this worked out at the time and, and the reason he was carrying that belt and all that stuff, but um it's a very it's um it's sort of like
1: his style is different. There's something yeah. there's something different about it. Like he does a little bit more than what other guys do. And he's a different type of heel. Right, like he's not just—he's not the bumbling asshole that like most of the heels are at this point on in this show, at least. Like the nasty boys, they're bumbling assholes. Uh, Earthquake is this a big giant dick. Uh, <laughs> the Mountie is just an asshole, you know. Um, the Undertaker is this kind of a scary asshole. Yeah, and so you have rick flair who's heel but he's a cocky arrogant pretty boy which you know that's enough to make you angry but he can back it up and that's that's really the power of his heelishness and that's something that you know isn't how the wwf typically rolls
0: he's also a compelling um and intriguing and attractive villain you know he's uh, he's Milton Satan right like he he shows you how cool being bad can be right and you you both hate him but you also kind of secretly want to be him you know nobody wants to be the earthquake you know nobody wants to be the undertaker but people want to be rick flair you know because he's he looks like a million bucks he's got 40 women coming out to the ring with him he's got his limousine and his jet and his clothes and his watch and all that stuff uh, and right. he's got his he's giant got gold Rolex. belt yeah he's
1: got the aviator sunglasses he's got the pompous theme music he doesn't rush anywhere you know and yeah. so, like, he makes, you, he makes you hate him, but you want to be him. But then it also feels good when you see him get punched in the face.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I like my Milton Satan analogy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some more work on this. This is, this is what happens to old English majors when they don't, uh, they don't <laughs> die. They just,
1: they just... They force it on things. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's right. Exactly.
1: It's, it's a fascinating little study of a show. Uh, For them to be putting on and to actually like market and sell this, you know, it's bold. Like I know. So because they went to England and they had the British Bulldog on the card, they didn't need to worry too much about ticket sales or anything like that. Because by God, they love that man. Because,
0: um... yeah, and it's, uh, you know, it's not a huge venue. 5000 tickets, center of London, like no problem, you know.
1: Right, like what was this was uh what ninety one, yeah, yeah. So they're coming back. He's gonna be at Wembley Stadium in ninety two for SummerSlam uh, against Bret Hart for the Intercontinental Title, and uh, you know they don't have to worry about ticket sales for that either, just because he's (laughs) gonna he's gonna be on that card too. He there's he's an amazing draw and again it's us talking about how great davy boy smith is and how he gets shortchanged and like he was over with the american audiences too um but this is a fun one to watch because you you don't have the overwhelming presence of hulk hogan drawing yeah drawing uh things off the card because even we get sucked into these things when we're watching a show that has Hulk Hogan in the last match. Suddenly everything that happened before his match was just kind of like fluff. Oh yeah, that was nice. That was a nice thing. That was a pretty good match. And then Hulk Hogan comes out and all he does is get beaten up for 10 minutes and then does his three moves and poses and the crowd loves him. And we're just like, that was the best match of the night.
0: Like, it's got a lot of um, gravitational pull, you know, and the rest of the show kind of tends to disappear into Hulk Hogan's aura, you know. So, um, no, it's good. I, 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 It's refreshing, actually, to have a show that's not Hulk Hogan centered at this time and in this place, you know.
1: Right, because now we find ourselves actually giving time to talk about an Earthquake versus Big Boss Man match. That was actually probably the second best match on the card. And finding ourselves uh able to enjoy a match like Ric Flair versus Tito Santana because if if Macho Man or Hulk Hogan were there, they probably especially Hulk Hogan probably would not have allowed that match to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wish Legion of Doom were facing a better tag team on this one like the Heart Foundation. That would have been that would have put some
0: butts in seats for sure. Yeah. Or uh um, that would that would have been boss. Or um this would have been a little bit late, but Demolition against Power and Glory or Demolition against the Hearts or
1: Yeah. Uh or you No, know, I'm uh,
0: against the Killer Bees. This is way too late for killer bees, but yeah. I'd watch that.
1: You know, we don't have money ink there either. Uh and yeah, so this was a this was a fun show to watch. I recommend actually taking the time to watch this so that you can see that undercard talent that WWE has at this time and how good they are. And this is almost, you would swear that this was a show from like the new generation kind of era here, just two years earlier.
0: Yeah. And uh, last, last thing I'll just say for this one, for me, this one's really notable because this is one of the best um, Tito Santana matches we've had. You know, he was at like the first, what nine WrestleManias and he was a major star sort of a staple of of many a card he's still one of my favorites um you know strike force and rick Martel. He had, he had a great tag team championship run um but unfortunately he tends to kind of end up in sort of crappy matches at the wrestlemanias so i really really like seeing him here against another a guy who could really go um and so I'm um, maybe I'll dig around a little bit see if we can find some more uh you know top-notch tito santana matches um he, he's our guy yeah
1: so. this is this is the best tito santana match that we've watched in in this podcast history uh the only one that is second to it is going to be the one against Shawn michaels at uh was that wrestlemania seven
0: yeah that was a good one
1: yeah so was that seven or was that wrestlemania eight i think uh, that's wrestlemania eight uh yeah i don't know i think it's wrestlemania 8 um i enjoyed this show more than i expected to i had actually been like kind of putting it off because like it was just kind of like oh yeah well okay well this is something interesting this will be an interesting little watch and then it really it really sucked me in it did a good job at that and it did it without the big players a plus yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: As we do with every special that we watch, we like to take a little moment to pay tribute to the men and women that we've we've seen who are no longer with us. So the in-memoriam section for the Battle Royal at Royal Albert Hall from 1991 includes Bobby the Brain Heenan, Gorilla Monsoon, Mean Gene Okerlund, Lord Alfred Hayes, Earthquake John Tenta, Big Boss Man, the Texas Tornado Carrie Von Erich, Paul Bearer, Uh, Legion of Dooms, Animal and Hawk, Hercules, Davey Boy Smith, the British Bulldog, Rowdy, Rowdy Piper, and of course, Andre the Giant.
1: Before we wrap up, just one show announcement. With Tim having some positive life changes and me going on vacation and it's summer, we're going to scale back, and for the time being, we're going to start releasing shows every other week from now on. Um, We might bump it back up, we might not, uh, but we've been pumping out content at kind of a breakneck pace to try and get this thing going, and we really appreciate your support. Uh, With the extra time between episodes, we hope that you can have an opportunity to check out our back catalog of episodes or get or just get caught up and you can also take some time to check out our blog Uh, we really appreciate you guys listening thank you
0: so thanks again for listening, everybody. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Again, we're at com. Shoot us an email at alltherustlemanias at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at WrestleMania Pod, And find us on all your favorite podcast channels and your social medias on Facebook and Instagram. And before we sign off for the day, we're going to uh, lead out with a new and improved uh variation on our theme song that rich is going to tell you about and you can send us your comments on that as well we'd love to hear it
1: well it's not necessarily a theme and variation but i finally finally finished the composition so it goes someplace it tells a story uh and i (laughs) hope you enjoy it for listening.